welcome to uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom, alongside somebody who's been quite busy in social media <laughs> as of bit. late. A little bit. A little bit. How's that been going for you? <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome back. Oh, yes. Tara Hokshiro is her name. He's so flustered about my yes. social media Social post. media. He I'm so concerned. <laughs> concerned about the attacks you've been under. <laughs> I have. Hate mail. Yes, I have. I've been getting attacked. Yes, indeed. That's good for you. Builds character. <laughs> it what, does. What's that? That What doesn't... What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Makes you stronger. What doesn't break you makes you stronger. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, that is right there, Tara Hokshiro. Uh, and uh, this is Two Steps Ed Podcast, like we said. Hey, so uh, last time, if you were with us, if you weren't, shame on you. But last time we were talking about the movie Cuties. Did you watch it? What did you think? Um, today, something came up that I thought would be worth talking about because we have touched on this issue before and it was quite disturbing because, um, it started out to me on all honesty because we like to be transparent and talk about the things we've stepped in. I, um, I don't do a whole lot of TikTok stuff, but you know, every once in a while I'll get on there because I like to kind of promote the stuff that we do. Um, I'll post some clips sometimes. In fact, one time it was really cool. One guy there on TikTok actually posted something, remember yes. about what he had heard you say. Uh, shockingly enough, you said something that resonated with somebody <laughs> and, um, and he reposted it. So it was kind of cool. But so every once in a while, I'll get on there and just kind of see what's going on. And, um, there's a couple of people I like to follow. One is a, a beehive gal who deals with bees and bee colonies. Uh, another one is a 175 pound tortoise. Um, you know, and then some other kind of fun things like trick photography or, or how to take better photography with your iPhone and stuff like that. So there's some, some educational things on there that I enjoy. But so I'm watching, uh, scrolling through the feed. And if you're familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, basically, you have two things. You have a feed that shows videos that people made of people who you follow. And then there's another feed that is uh, generated, I guess, based on who you see and what interests you accordingly to, you know, what you're viewing. And it's just random people. Okay. So they're not, you're not following them. It could be anybody and they post it on your feed. So there's two feeds going, a friend's feed, so to speak, and just a general feed that they put videos on there that they think you might be interested in based on what you've been viewing in the past. So I'm scrolling through this generic feed and I see this person, a younger person lying on a bed, has a hoodie on, the hoodie has the, the hood on and the drawstring, so it looks like a cone head. And if you're watching on TV, I'm actually doing the movements. But it's, um, it has like a cone head, and it's just staring at the camera. The person is lying on his or her back. I really wasn't sure who it was, but the person's lying on his or her back, and the head is turned so that there's a side view of the face on camera. And all the caption says is, I can't believe he did that. Now, as you may or may not know, TikTok is full of pranks, trends, all kinds of different things. So I thought, well, maybe this is another trend or prank or, you know, something going on. So I'm scrolling and I see another similar type of post. Someone just laying there kind of traumatized with another post. I can't believe I just what I saw. I can't believe I just I can't believe what I just saw. And so anyways, I keep going, keep going, another post, another post. I'm like, what is this? Well, eventually it gets to the point where somebody actually said, I can't believe I just witnessed a suicide live on, on, on live stream. I won't say the, uh, the, the entity, but it's a live stream, a live stream suicide. So I Google it. I give off of TikTok and I Google it. And sure enough, a story comes up and I'm still kind of uncertain as to what's going on because there's a lot of things on there that you think is, um, serious. 
but then it's just not like wait to see what happens. And so you're sitting there waiting to see what happens on this video because someone's standing on a cliff and maybe they're going to bungee jump or something. And then the video just ends and it's like, you know, a clickbait, right? So I'm thinking there might be, so this might be a new thing. And so I click on this video in this article on this site that's uh, telling the story and it actually does show and go on to show somebody on live stream did take his life. Ronnie McNutt was his name. And apparently he was a veteran, Iraq, Afghanistan era veteran. And, um, I guess just had enough. I guess, uh, according to some reports, he broke up with his girlfriend. And so he was distraught. Some say he had PTSD. So there was some issues, obviously, that he was dealing with. And, and, and the sad part is, and again, I, I'm watching this. I'm still thinking, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I'm still thinking this has got to be fake because after he takes his life, um, the, some weird music comes on, at least the video I'm watching. And the dog comes walking in and the camera position was even weird. It's not like the camera was a, a computer camera right in front of him. The computer camera was like off to, you know, the upper right hand side of him. And so the camera was kind of obscure. So everything was just kind of like claiming hoax. But sure enough, and then the police bust in and then I realized what I saw was just real. It was pretty graphic, pretty violent. Mm-hmm. Now, to springboard off of that, it was a sad case because he picks up the phone and he says something to the effect of, oh, that's how you want to deal with this, hangs up and then ends his life. Uh, friends and people that he knew, he had been on for two hours uh, doing this live stream, people that knew him reached out to the social media outlet and never got a response back. And when they finally did get a response back after the fact, it was this content doesn't violate community standards. And they were shocked that this would be the response. And then eventually the social media outlet investigated and eventually took it down. But the video came down way too late because many people had already downloaded it or, you know, captured it and then started to re, uh, repost it. Yeah, yeah, repost it. Mm-hmm. And so then it just goes from there. So basically in a nutshell, a guy takes his own life on live stream TV. Now I'm reading some of the comments on some of these posts and it ranged from being sad which was the original context of the post I was reading. These people were sad that they had heard about this suicide. To people mocking him, to even people thinking it was fake. You know, hey, great uh, cinematography, great graphics. And the, and the reason why I'll get I'll get right to it. The reason why I thought it was still kind of fake. If you've seen any movie, and I hate to point out a movie, but I'm going to. Um, I like watching the John Wick movies, so you can judge me on that. But they're very violent and they're very graphic, and the nature by which they shoot each other and the aftermath of the shooting is very graphic and very violent. Okay. And so that's what it looked like. It looked like this kind of, you know, TV, video games, whatever. I mean, that's what it looked like. So that's why I was kind of still thinking that maybe this is some sort of hoax until the police walked in. Then you realize it was real. And then the real news story broke that this actually happened. Um, but that was the thing. It was like, first off, my first initial reaction was, wow, I can't believe I'm so desensitized to what I just saw because of other areas that I've seen this at. And a lot of people like that. And then two, the response. I mean, I was grieved. I was like, wow, that's tragic that somebody gets to the point where you take your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were calloused in their comments. Some were saddened. Some were shocked and traumatized. Others were making uh, jokes about it, you know. Do oh, we should- know who posted the video? Well, see, originally it was on his uh, social media. Okay. Oh and wait, so, you said he was so live. he was live streamed. Oh, 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 oh. So okay. then from so, there, okay. I guess somehow you can download it, or okay. somehow yeah. people captured it, or whatever, and it started to spread. Okay. And then people would post it to other sites. So then, for example, um, people would through TikTok, they would um, do a video and would say, "Hey, look at the pasta I cooked tonight," and it would start out with like pasta, and then it would s- switch. 
to the guy actually showing the video of him. Yeah. And so people were like being basically side swiped or, you know, blasted with this image. They think they're watching pasta or a cat or some other innocuous video and then boom. And there, and there were stories upon stories and articles about kids being traumatized by this video mm. and now more outraged because of that. And then of mm. course the, um, social media sites are, um, coming to the defense of themselves like oh we try to take things down oh algorithms oh this oh that mm -hmm. and then there was criticism you can't have intimate body parts on there but you can have suicide um and other graphic things you know and so the whole thing just then you know goes goes nuts and then we kind of talked about it last week about context about pros and cons of your point of view and so of course everybody jumps to a conclusion of either a or b black or white and no gray um and i think kind of lost in it was the fact that this guy got to the point where he felt like the only solution to life was him taking it. And so, um, and so that's the, the gist of the conversation is, you know, what is it that we've gotten to where we are at the point in society where people taking their lives on live stream is celebrated, um, watched, you know, we sit there and watch it. People watched it, you know, and, and knowing what's coming, people still watched it. Um, and there's probably people that are still searching for it, hearing the exactly um, hearing the story that are, you know. Yeah, there's still yeah. places that you can find it. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been completely scrubbed. Uh, some of the major, you know, video platforms like YouTube and stuff have taken it down, but it keeps kind of popping up. Mm -hmm. So again, I mean, so where are we in this world? Last week we were talking about the movie Cuties and the maybe the potential uh, sex exploitation of girls versus a coming of age movie and that point of view. Um, and now we're here talking about, you know, watching someone take their life on live stream and how society reacts to it and the gamut. But have we gotten to the point where we become so desensitized in society that there is people out there and a lot of people that will take it and take advantage of the situation and use it to cause trauma to other people by these fake videos that then show it. Some have even tried to monetize it, I guess. Um, you know, these graphic like, you know, sites where you pay to get on there, you know, and I mean, it's like, where have we gotten to in society today that we're at this point? Yeah, <laughs> we're a little bit of a mess. We're a lot a bit of a mess. <laughs> a little bit of a train wreck going on in 2020. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really sad. And, you know, we were talking last week about emulating things that we see, you know, in the movies and on TV and, and whatever. And we are so desensitized with violence. We, we just, we really are. The, the scenes of, and I think there was a, um, Casino Royale, I think it was, the one of the James, the last James Bond movie. Okay. Um, or two ones ago, they, there was a very graphic, um, scene in there where he killed somebody, strangled him, you know, in the, in the men's bathroom and just, you know, literally just killed him right in front of us. So there's no blood or anything, but he, he definitely strangled him to death and killed him. And there was a guy, um, sitting next to me with his young son. I think I, and I guessed he was probably about nine years old. Okay. And I was like, wow. <laughs> First of all, you're bringing your kid to it. Okay. Here's me judging. I just want to point that out that, um, that I recognize what I'm about to say. So, um, why are you bringing your nine year old son to, a, you know, to a violent movie? Um, but then this poor kid that just witnessed this, um, you know, literally this execution or this, you know, this death this killing right in front of, you know, with, while he's sitting there with his dad. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just, we're getting more and more creative about showing violence. 
you know, in the movies and on TVs and we're, we're, you know, pushing that line, you know, first it was just the blood splattering and then it was, okay, you show the face and then you show the blood splattering and now we're kind of like showing the whole thing, you know, we're edging toward that. Um, it's, it's sad. And then you see something on, on, you know, I think you saw it on TikTok, right? Well, that's where originally, it wasn't the original yeah, place where it was, where, but that's, that's where, where you came across it. Of, yeah. Yeah. And so now we're seeing things like that, that, you know, some people are traumatized and then others of us are so desensitized that it's like, oh, it looks just like the movie that I just saw, which is true. Um, sad. Yeah. Very sad that we are, are even in when you think about the slasher movies, you know, like Friday the 13th part 89, um, they're all, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole point, right? Is like to see, you know, you know, they're all going to die. Right, and right. so it's just a matter of cat and mouse throughout mm-hmm. the movie, like when and how, right. but you know, they're going to die. And that was the reason why we watched or yeah, I did mm-hmm. watch the first three maybe. Um, but that's why we watch. Right. And it's sick. Like when you think about it, like, okay, we're going to go watch a movie about somebody killing 20 people. Like, and it's a game. It's a cat and mouse game. And who and survives. For, right, who survives. There was one um, that really freaked me out, that, but I absolutely loved it. And I um, don't remember. There was the uh, Ray Liotta was in it. He was the main character. And I don't want to ruin the um, plot in case you want to watch it, but there was 13, um, I think 13 people, and they were all stuck at this hotel during a rainstorm. Oh, I don't know then. And the classic, there's like a classic... Um, scene where the lady is like out in the storm and she's by herself and she's trying to get the bars, the signal on her cell phone. And she's like, you know, walking around, you know, like this, holding her phone up in there. Come on, come on, come on. Just need one more bar, one more bar, one more bar. So she can call for help. And, and you know, and the music is, you know, something's like, Mm -hmm. don't, 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 not, not jaws, but like, it's coming. Right. And we, we, we celebrate death in that way in these movies. Um, and then now, when somebody actually does, you know, take their life in real life, we, we kind of are voyeuristic and we want to watch that too. So I have something to do this weekend. Look at that movie. It was, dude, it's, I don't, I don't like slasher movies for the sake of slasher movies, but this one had some sort of like suspense and mystery to it. And there's a hook like a, like a literal, right. like, oh, my gosh, that you didn't see coming. And so. But, but see, that's, that's the thing. It's like, because we talked about before, the pros and cons of things. Okay. In certain aspects, like you talk about the slasher films. Okay. We kind of have an idea. So the pro of it is we know it's fake. We know it's mm-hmm. what it is. It's entertainment. It's a genre. I mean, I took, when I took my master's degree in English, I watched, I took a class that was film genre was horror. So I watched mm-hmm. the horror ma- movies. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it did change. I mean, from the early ones of Frankenstein and yes. the original black and white of Invasion of the Body Snatchers to now modern day movies. Of course, the graphic, the gore and everything changed with it. We've gotten right. way worse. So that's a problem. But yeah, so there is that pro to it. We like it. We know what it is. It can be entertaining and we know what it is. But then the con is of that. Yes, it can have a negative influence on people, such as then we become jaded to the point where we actually see something. Mm-hmm. We lack empathy in the mm-hmm. fact that somebody just took their life. We can't, we're devoid of having fantasy mm-hmm. and reality. We, we merge the two together and we just like, oh, this is video game, this is movie, this is whatever. And this is reality and it's the same thing. And so we're just going to act and respond the same way in both areas. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with um, pornography. People watch pornography and then... Um, you know, I guess from a guy's perspective, you would want to emulate that in the bedroom with the person you're having sex with, but that's TV. I mean, that's video. That's, you mm-hmm. know, 
that's not love. That's not, you know, respect. That's not, maybe people like that. I don't know. You, you, you do your thing, but you know, you start to get that where women then are starting to have to endure acts because the guys see it in, you know, in the films. And so when we get to the point of where's reality versus, versus, uh, the TV and stuff, the fantasy aspect of it, we kind of lose out and we're like, cause I'm sitting there watching this and I'm thinking I really should be shocked and horrified right now after witnessing this. But I really wasn't. I mean, I was saddened, but I really wasn't like, oh my gosh, because maybe I've seen too much. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I've experienced too much. And then I start to think about it. You know, so my daddy was a Vietnam vet. And, um, as the years have gone by, he's been sharing more and more stories. And I start thinking about these, you know, veterans that come back and what they have must have seen, you know, and you hear about these veterans that may have been injured and they've lost their legs because an IED explodes. And so they're with other soldiers and imagine what they see in these situations Mm -hmm. or even the police officers you know the police officers are getting crammed right now with all kinds of negativity but could you imagine what it's like for these police officers that walked in and now you've got this to deal with you have a guy who took his own life it's a mess it's a scene you have to investigate it you have to deal with this and now how's that going to affect you yeah police officers have a rough job let's just be honest aside from everything that's going on right now they have a really tough job um, very dangerous, and I can't imagine walking in, you know, one aspect of their job, walking in on a suicide, that has to be horrible. And so, again, and then and then the other thing, too, that I found fascinating was the fact that people then started to um, repost it, like I said, and, and create these, you know, fake videos that would then show it. And it got me thinking, you know, I think I read somewhere that says like 132 suicides a day in America. And especially for the younger generation, it's the second cause of death for people like 10 to maybe mid-20s or early 30s, somewhere in there. So it's a real thing. It's a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that we can do or what is it that's going on that is allowing this or this trend to go? Now, I don't know. You've had experience. We talked about, in fact, it was at the beach episode um, when you were kind of talking about your experience a little bit more. And I... I've never been in that situation. I mean, I've dealt with people in the past that have had mental health issues, and I can kind of understand a little bit that what we think is normal isn't normal to them. What we feel and our emotions and how we handle them and how we can process isn't the same for them. And so it's different. So you have to be careful. You can't just say, hey, get better, or hey, just, you know, buck it up, or hey, you know, Mm -hmm. strap it up and get going, you know, cowboy up, whatever the phrase you want to use. You have to be kind of delicate and understand that their mindset and their frame of thinking is completely different. Mm -hmm. And the littlest thing can trigger it. Okay. So, um, and so the point of that is like, you know, from your experience, I can't imagine what it'd be like because I haven't been there. But for people that have been there and have experienced that or kind of know that, I mean, for you, it's got to be a situation where you've got to be walking on eggshells sometimes, trying not to trigger something because you never know what that trigger might be. And so again, it's, it's an issue that I don't think we take serious. Because we're too desensitized to it, mm-hmm. and there's a huge reality, and then we're shocked by it. I can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he did that or she took his life. Um, and people are shocked by it, but yet we don't see the signals because we're not in tune to it because I think we're just so desensitized to the whole thing. Yeah, we're desensitized, and I think there's a fear there. Um, when we know people that are suicidal or contemplating taking their lives or maybe we sense that they could be in that area, there's a fear there that we don't want to embrace we do not want to move forward and so our natural 
reaction is to deny it or, you know, they're fine and you just kind of move along with your day and just pray for the best and hope nothing happens. That's not a healthy way of, of dealing with it, but that's what we do. I think, I think our natural reaction is just be like, oh gosh, this is just so ugly and so painful. I just don't want to deal with it because maybe if I acknowledge it, then maybe it'll come true. So if I ignore it or if I, you know, just try and make the person happy or try to, you know, keep them busy, then maybe it'll be fine. That's actually, um, not the way to handle it. (laughs) Um, it's, it's completely different than that. So, um, actually I have several people in my life, the one I'll talk about in, in particular, but I mentioned to you off the air before we got started that a, uh, I won't say who he is, but a person that was a part of my life for about five years. Um, I knew this person 30 years ago, 30 years ago was the last time I saw him. Um, he, I just found out, um, a couple of days ago that he passed away back in May on Memorial day. And, um, I haven't been quite brave enough to ask, you know, how he passed away, but I have a feeling Um, It's just my suspicion that he may have taken his life based on some of the other things that, um, that I know or that he said and, and um, reading some things about it. It just seemed, and that makes me really sad. Honestly, it's just, it's, it was very, it's, it's been bugging me for a couple of days. I have um, two, three friends that have um, children that are transgender. And so they are adult now. um, But, each, you know, one of them has reported that their child um, has been in seasons of suicide and has been in seasons of, of you know, just this really dark time of, um, you know, wanting to take their life and just not wanting to live. And so um, I look at their story and then I look at, you know, my story and, um, you know, I've had several conversations um, about, you know, suicide. And I think that we have to get to the point as parents, I think we have to get to the point as, um, friends, relatives, spouses, you know, whoever it is in your life, we have to get to that end point. We have to get to the point to walk forward and talk about it, which is really, really hard. And I had this conversation, um, one time and they were just in so much pain. And I actually, this is how distraught I was. Um, for this person's pain, because mental illness is not something that, that if we don't have it, we don't understand it. And if it's not in our family, we just can't identify with it. We just don't get it. And that's, I mean, that's true of a lot of things, right? I don't understand what it's like to be a man. I don't understand what it's like to be black. I don't like, I don't, I don't get it because I'm not. So it's the same thing with mental illness. And, um, and so we've had several conversations, you know, back and forth in different seasons, um, of life and during the darkest season when there's so much despair and so much um, depression and so everything is just so cloudy and you can see how much pain the person is in um, we actually had a conversation where where I um, felt guilty asking this person to hang on and then after that conversation I'm like oh my gosh how horrible am I or how horrible, you know, how horrible am I to, to be like, oh my, I mean, I could understand why you would want to, want to do that. And I'm like, I should be encouraging them to keep going, which I do. But I had that one moment of like feeling so much anguish for their pain. I empathized so much for the pain that I was like, I felt guilty for, um, encouraging them to stay. And that was just a moment like I've never, it's so painful. Like I've never had so much pain in my, in my life. 
just to have that conversation. And, but we have to be brave enough to talk to the person who is feeling that. And we have to say, are you suicidal? We had like the word suicide has to come out of our mouth. And sometimes like as parents or, or relatives, whoever it is, we'd like choke on that word. Cause it's almost like if we say it out loud, then they might actually do it. It's the opposite. If we say it out loud, we're acknowledging, I see you, I hear you, I understand as best we can. And, and, we have to have the conversation. And it's so the first time we had the conversation, I was like, uh, I couldn't even like say it. But then I'm like, are you okay? Are you, you know, suicidal? Are you feeling, are you, are you um, feeling like you're going to, are you safe, you know, other safe to yourself and safe around other people? The more that we have that conversation, the braver, the more that I am brave to enter that conversation and to enter that space with him, the, the, more at um, peace he was and the more comfortable he was coming to me. And then he came out of that season. No, I don't want to say it was just because of me, but there's a whole bunch of other things, you know, that happened as well. But when, you know, sometimes it's like so ugly and so painful, we're like, I can't even go there. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just going to cheer the person up. I'm just going to, you know, make them their favorite meal and we'll, we'll keep them busy. Um, and, the more that I deny it, the the more they feel misunderstood, the more they feel alone, the more they feel abandoned. But if I come towards them and say, look, you know, is this what you're feeling? Yes. Now we can have a conversation. We can have a heart to heart. And, um, and I'm not saying, you know, some people go on and take their lives anyway, but we have to be, excuse me, we have to be brave enough to have that conversation so that they're not so alone and they have somebody to talk to. Yeah, it was interesting you say that because um, one of the things that the friends tried to do with Ronnie um, was get the live stream turned off because they thought maybe if that got disconnected, that would distract him. Like, oh, wait, what's happening? And it would turn his focus away from uh, what he was thinking of doing to what just happened and maybe that would take him out of it. But the other thing that was more prominent um, that would really like to get from all this, he posted a final message on social media, and his message was, someone in your life needs to hear they matter. Someone in your life needs to know that they're loved and that they have a future. Be the one to tell them. So like you said, you know, you, you were intervening and talking and, and, you know, may not have been you, whatever, but you took something and you made an interest. You made, you know, you told them you were a value. And, and just in general, I mean, I, I remember times where, um, you, you know, just whatever, just a common, like an off the cuff, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, you look great today. You know, just, you know, a smile to a stranger, which we can't do nowadays because we're all masks. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes just those simplest things of like you matter can make the difference. Mm-hmm. And yet we're too self-absorbed to even think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're too self-absorbed that we got to run to the front of the line so that we can, or beat the people into the store so that we can get into the line first. Or, mm-hmm. or even, you know, even at, uh, which I totally get, yeah, I'm not criticizing it, but even at amusement parks, we get the fast pass. We can yeah. jump the line, you know. <laughs> it's like me first, you know. Yeah. And so we, we do that. You know, the, the all of social media is about me first, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things with social media they're getting criticized a little bit about is, you know, they leave things on there that they probably shouldn't because it generates views. And that's mm-hmm. what they're all about is generating views. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think we look inward, uh, inward instead of outward at people. And when we do look at outwards at other people, we kind of have a, a perspective or a vision of how can I 
spin this to my benefit? What can they do to help me? What can I do to get from them what I need for me? And, you know, we just don't stop and take time to just put other people first, you know? Yeah. And I think the other word that's coming uh, to mind as I'm listening to you talk is gaslighting. And anytime that we gaslight somebody, oh, you're not really feeling that. Oh, you don't really want to, you know, take your life. I can't be that bad. Um, I know a lot of times when people have depression, there's uh, someone will say, well, just go outside. <laughs> As if going outside is going to take away a chemical imbalance. Like, um, it just doesn't work that way. So there are things that a person can do to alleviate depression, but to say to someone that's in that, oh, it can't be as bad as what, well, what do you have to be um, so sad about? I mean, you've got a great life. Why are you depressed? Why are you, these things are not helpful and it, it diminishes and then it actually brings shame on that person who's suffering because it's like, well, why am I suffering? And then if they, if there truly is a chemical imbalance going on and you need medication, um, they, that person feels like they're crazy. Cause it's like, well, why am I not happy? Or why can't I just be normal like everybody else? And so it's hard because to, to not gaslight someone, it's hard to empathize because when we empathize with somebody, that means that there's, what is the next step? We might have to do something for them. We're so busy. We're just busy, busy, busy. And, and we don't, sometimes we just don't take the time to slow down and, and really, because then we have to listen to their story. We have to attend to their needs. We have, there's a whole package that comes along with slowing down long enough to say, Hey, you know, how's it going? And to really want to know how's it going. And, and that says something about us, you know, that when we're moving so fast, um, you know, concerned with getting the fast pass that we don't, we just kind of like run over people and then it's like, oh, cause I don't have time to deal with that. I don't have time to, you know, they're depressed and I, you know, I can't deal with it. I don't want to be brought down to, yeah, you know, stuff like exactly. that. Misery loves company. So exactly. maybe they're just like, well, it was me. There was a, an incident I experienced one time. A guy was, um, he did, he does have mental issues, mental illness issues. Um, but he was always negative. Like, oh, nothing ever goes my way. Nothing this, nothing that, nothing this, you know, what was me? And then someone, another person just interjected, um, Hey, why don't you try having a different perspective? And, and maybe instead of always focusing on the negative, maybe try to focus on something positive. Like, okay, you didn't get that job, but you got an interview, you know, maybe it'll just kind of help. And he erupted and they've gotten to a big fight and the comments or argument, not fight, but argument, but, and the comments varied, you know, some people defended him, some people defended her, but, but both were actually right. If you think about it, she was right because yeah, for the, for the normal person, and I mean, normal that doesn't suffer from mental illness. Yeah. Maybe if you're always negative and you take a look at the a positive of something, it might give you a better mental outlook. Okay. Yeah. Things aren't going so bad as I think they are. Um, and that's good advice, but then, this other person not knowing the condition that the the guy who said it was in, um, his perspective, he can't accept that because he can't process that. So both sides were actually right. He's woe is me because that's how he's processing things and his mental illness brings upon that kind of thought. But then her process of like, hey, maybe if you think about things in a more positive light, it might bring about more positivity. And so there's a case where both people are probably right, but the circumstances just conflict because of the state that both people are in. Yeah, and I think that, um, and you said that that com- he made that comment on on social media. No, this was just uh, this was in a class. Oh, oh, in a yeah, class. In the class. No, this was in a class. In and a so class. I saw the exchange, and um, in a cl- yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so we have to be um, 
we have to be careful about what, but who we say things in front of, right? We want to make sure that we say things in front of safe people, but we also want to be known. I mean, one of the biggest desires of humanity is to be known on an intimate level, an intimate level, you know, that could be sex, you know, or that could be that, you know, I want to be really vulnerable with you and tell you my, my fears and my, um, my um, mistakes or whatever. And, and I would hope that you would love me anyway and not judge me and not turn me away. And that is when we are accepted in our broken places and not, we don't have to accept the behavior, but if we accept the person in that, that's when we are known at an, at a deeper level, at an intimate level is that when we can be fully ourselves, all of our mistakes, all of our flaws, all of our foibles, all of our gray hair, all of our rolls, our fat lines, whatever. When we can be fully accepted by someone and deeply known and loved anyway, that is is where, you know, connection really takes place. So we have to be careful, like, who we're asking that of. You know, he may, but then also, you know, when somebody does say something like that, understanding, you know, trying to understand where they're coming from and not dismissing them or gaslighting, um, is, you know, important too. And, and I also want to add too, cause you were saying like the person with mental illness doesn't, they just don't process things the way people without it. That is just so true. Like we don't, there hasn't been enough talk, I think in society that the brain is an organ, just like the heart and the kidney and everything else. It's the processor, but it's an organ And so it's just like if we have too much cholesterol in our system, too much sugar in our system, not enough sugar in our system, things start to go haywire. If our blood pressure is is too high or too low, things start to go haywire, right? It's the same thing in our brain. If our brain doesn't have enough chemicals or the right kind of chemicals, it's we're going to think it's going to go haywire. And we can't think rationally. We can't say, oh, my brain's going haywire right now. We are haywire. (laughs) That's what people don't understand. Like sometimes there are... Not always, but sometimes there are chemical deficiencies that you have to have some sort of chemical. Like, and I mentioned during the beach pod episode, which was like way too vulnerable. (laughs) He wants to take me back to the beach. Going back to the beach for more therapy. Right, for more therapy. But I think I mentioned during one of those episodes that um, during, I don't know, February, January, February, March-ish, April, um, I was getting just like more and more depressed. And just more and more depressed. And I'm like, man, like, do I up my meds? Do I double down? Do I, what the heck is going on? Well, it turns out I had a vitamin D deficiency. And I thought, okay, let me start taking vitamin D to, um, before I double down on my, you know, Prozac. And lo and behold, ever since I started taking the vitamin, I'm like a new person. So you started consuming Sunny D? Yeah. I like, no, like vitamin D3s. Yeah. Low tech. And so, yeah, I started taking, now I don't say that to say, hey, everybody go out and take vitamin D. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in my case, I had a blood test. It was off low, but not even on the chart. It was low. So I started supplementing with the vitamin D and I feel like a new person. So my recall memory is not completely back, but I'm not depressed anymore like I was either. So we just don't understand, you know, what people are going through. And when we dismiss it, it's really bad. See, the other thing too that was, which is kind of surprising that it got left out of the conversation. It was brought up a little bit, but during the pandemic, suicide rates went up. 
mental health issues went up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of statistics to back that up and people mm-hmm. that have experienced things that you said it increased. You know, I know there was a, uh, a young kid. I, I don't know if he was in Texas or whatever, but he took his own life and his parents totally say it was because of the pandemic. Um, I'm sure there's other things, but you know, that's a contributing cause because you were just in your room, you're isolated, you've got all these things, mm-hmm. but yet we really didn't jump on that enough because all the talk was all the political stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there was a missed opportunity. And so sometimes it takes being kind of a, just have a discriminatory ear or an eye and to really pay attention and watch, especially in times like this, because there are things, I mean, sometimes it could just be, I know, um, there was a couple people that I hadn't seen on social media for a while and posted. So I'd reach out to them. Hey, are you okay? Yeah, just nothing going on. So there's nothing to post because they post regularly and then they're not, not posting. Okay. That's yeah. like a red flag. Yeah. But when you're sitting in your house, there's only so many pictures you can take, right? <laughs> so no, everything's fine. Just not taking anything. Yeah. In fact, someone said that Start to me. doing the throwback pictures. <laughs> exactly. Someone mentioned that to me. They're like, Hey, I haven't seen you doing your, uh, anything on Instagram as of late. You know, there was a, I think like a week where I was just kind of like whatever. And, so again, when, when you see people's patterns begin to change, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to be like, Hey, what's up? Oh, nothing great. But what if it's like, Hey, what's up? Oh, there's something. Okay. Now what? You know, mm-hmm. it's better to err on the side of caution and be like, Oh, there's nothing wrong. I'm fine. Than to be like, Oh, I should have said something because if I only said something, then there could have been a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that, you know, what a shoulda, coulda is and, paying attention to each other, looking at each other's patterns, asking questions, um, just making, you know, again, you know, our deepest desire is to be known. And if we feel like nobody's reaching out to us or nobody cares, then it's like, well, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, it just feeds into the loneliness, the abandonment. Well, no. So I was, was, so I was thinking, okay, what could be an end result of this? And, and of course not being mental health professionals, but we've talked to some. You know, we talked with Dr. Irene. She's with Hillside Wellness Center, mm-hmm. uh, hillsidewellnesscenter.org. They're more than equipped to help, you know, with any issues you might have. But one of the things that I kind of noticed in doing some research about this was we like to think of it as we need to help the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yes, maybe there's time. I mean, a lot of times perhaps where we have to intervene or be the, the one that initiates. But it's okay for the person struggling to take initiative and ask for help. That was one of the things. If you can do that. You know, there's no they, they think, oh, people are going to think I'm crazy because I'm asking for help. There's no shame in asking for help was something that I read. Um, it's okay to have these issues because sometimes just in the natural course of life, you get a bad grade, you get depressed. That's okay. Um, you have family issues. You yeah. have these other things that are part of normal life that it's okay to be. It's not a depression that's going to be like a, a long-term thing, but it's in that moment you're feeling this, mm-hmm. and those issues can be addressed and handled. You just have to kind of reach out for it. Yes, and, and I would say that people with mental illness, they do not handle and process things the way we would. It's a 100 times worse. So any breakup with a girlfriend or breakup with a boyfriend or get a bad grade or – you know, things that we would consider normal bumps in life, they don't handle it that way. It's like a major deal and everything stops and shuts down and, and so they have to learn. And all that, and, and, and I think the point was, too, was that in order to try to instill in somebody that this isn't long term. Okay, so you get a bad grade on a test, for example, let's use that analogy. Okay, you're going to feel really bad and maybe go into a depressive state or whatever because you can't process it. But then the next test comes, 
and you get a better grade. Now you're feeling great. So that was the other thing too. It's like, you know, trying to get this understanding from people that don't understand how to connect or try to help or try to reach out in a way that can make it understanding to realize that for people to realize that sometimes what we go through and I'm not even, and this is, and this goes for people that aren't even diagnosed. Maybe just mm-hmm. people, like you said, we're in the pandemic. We've got kids going online to school and there's all kinds of issues with that and people are struggling with that. You know, there's times where just people that aren't diagnosed with anything that go through difficult times and to remember that that's not permanent. This isn't going to be the case all the time. Something will change. Reach out, perhaps, if you're feeling this way, and get somebody to go along with you. It's kind of like the let me walk with you as we go through this. And I always think back to I don't understand addiction because I've never had it, but they always dwell on their last drink. My last drink, I've been sober for X amount of time. Hey, that's great. Well, why do you remember that last time? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because that's a, a, a reminder of where not to go. I've, I've, I've succeeded this much mm-hmm. and this long, and I don't want to go back there. But they don't do it alone. They've got the support group. They've got the mentor. They've got the people walking alongside with them through that journey. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of takes, I think. I think we often try to make, at least from my experience and, and what I've seen, mental illness an individualized thing. But yet, where's that support from just people, you know, just normal people you know if i'm out with a friend and maybe he had issues with alcoholism i'm not his sponsor i'm not nothing except a friend i don't take him to a bar we mm-hmm. go someplace else yeah. yeah that's just a part of it so if there's something that is like that you know just that community support of people i think that's again hard for people to do because they don't understand but yet they don't have understanding because they don't ask and because maybe they want to know yeah, I think I think I want to make a distinction here between um, mental illness, which I'm defining as like an actual diagnosed chemical imbalance, um, as opposed to seasonal depression or situational depression or situational anxiety. Sometimes there are chemicals in our body that it could be a reaction to medication. Like I am very allergic to a lot of medications. I have a tendency, I have a pattern of, of um, bladder infections. And so there's one medication and it's, um, of course, my recall. It's escaping my brain at the moment. Um, but there's one medication that I take that pushes me into severe depression. It's the medication. <laughs> and I'm like, it took me like three or four times on this one particular medication like to to get the pattern like man every time I get this I'm getting depressed and then more and more depressed and then the next time more and more depressed like what is happening like I like this is not so sometimes you know we have to understand what it is like it could be a reaction from a medication it could be um, seasonal like um, right now the skies have been so gray from all the fires out here in California we haven't seen a blue sky in like two weeks and that's not normal for California. That's, and so I'm like, my, it's like depressing to go outside and see gray, like all the time. I could never live in Seattle or someplace where it rains all the time. So there's seasonal depression and then, um, situational depression. Like you mentioned, like you get a bad grade on a test and then you're, you know, you're feeling bad, but then you get a better grade on the next test and then you're feeling better. That would be situational. And I would say that falls into the category of character development and learning how to fail forward and learning how to metabolize mistakes and learning how to, um, you know, we teach people how to succeed, but we don't teach people how to fail. And um, I think we need to do a better job at that as coaches and, and people who are walking alongside of people. We need to teach people how to fail forward. 
And um, so there's all kinds of, you know, we could lose our job. We could, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen to us. And then we have to understand like, okay, is this something that was out of my control? Is this something that I brought on myself? Is this self-imposed chaos? Is there something, somebody in my life that's causing, like sucking the energy out of me and just draining me and making me depressed and I'm allowing it? Sometimes, so we have to take a look at what it is that we are reacting to. And then, and then there are some times, like, you know, in my um, son's case, that, that it's a, it's a chemical imbalance inside the body, inside the brain, and there's no other way you have to have medication. You cannot not have medica- medication in that situation. And that has to be, you know, with a physician, you have to have that diagnosed and go through all kinds of tests and, you know, and whatever to get to that point. But, um, so I just want to make sure that clear that when we talk about mental illness, I personally am putting it into that category of there's just nothing. Yes, you have to, you can have a better diet and a regular schedule and a sleep pattern and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't not have the medication, like the medication is key to getting your body back to a normal, um, spot and then all of these other the situational depression the seasonal depression um the character development the learning how to fail forward is something that we have to learn to these are the ebbs and flows of life that we have to learn how to navigate in a healthy way um and that takes a while and you have to have friends around you you have to have community around you of people that say hey it's one test let's look at the big picture it's one relationship maybe it was not so healthy and maybe it's a good thing maybe it's not like you know, maybe your people pickers off, right? Maybe you're picking people that are going to take advantage of you. So there's all kinds of things that we have to look at over here. Um, and I'm sorry if you're watching us on um, TV. I'm sorry that I keep flipping my hair today. My hair is getting so long. The salons are closed. It hasn't been cut. It keeps getting caught in my armpit. And so I'm like, if you need, like share. If you, <laughs> need to, my, if you need me to hook you up with the underground hair hair market, I'm getting close because I used a, a like a quarter of a can of brown hairspray yeah, this morning, yeah. and now my hair is getting stuck in my armpit. I know, I know it's so long. Um, no, but you you mentioned something very key. Not that you have hairy armpits. Um, the <laughs> fact that is support. Yeah, support can help you overcome. See, that's me. I, I don't have issues uh, like you know anything diagnosed or anything, but like. Everybody else, there's periods where I go, you know, <clears throat> lower than normal in my mental state. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I I'm pretty even keel and I tend to get more excited with the highs and just kind of flippant with the lows, which is probably even, you know, a problem in and of itself. But, um, I take problems on myself and just deal with it myself. Mm. Okay. And that's where the struggle, the internal struggle starts to come. So instead of talking about it, instead of, you know, sharing with somebody or, um, you know, having that support group, I will just battle it myself. And then that's where people might see a difference and, Hey, you're a little off today. My mom picks it up a lot, you know, when she sees it. Hey, you okay? You seem a little off, you know, cause I guess she knows me really well from, that's gotta be really heavy from everything, you know, but that's just how I do it because there isn't anybody that I feel around me, um, that I want to divulge with and share with because I just, it is, it's just what it is. Um, and, and to take it on. So, um, yes, from a certain, from a certain perspective, even though clinically and all that, I would be considered normal. Mm-hmm. I can understand people and kind of some of the things they go through because I take on those issues, whether it's job loss, whether it's, uh, relationship issues, whether it's, uh, something else, you know, whatever it might be. And their depression in those areas are just as real. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not 
trying to downplay no, no, no. Or, or diminish it. Situational mm-hmm. depression and seasonal depression is yeah. awful. But I think the difference for me is one, I have in my mindset, I know I will eventually get over this. Mm-hmm. Keep plugging away. That's where my strength in the area comes. I know this is temporary. Keep going so I can have the fortitude myself to keep pushing myself like in anything I do. But but the danger in that is at some point there might not be a time where I can do it myself. Right. And that's where the support group comes in. So that's why everything that I read in preparing for this was you need a support group. You need a group of people that you can come together or, or someone that you can contact or someone that you can reach out to because you need a support group because going it alone at some point isn't going to cut it. Well, not only that, not only might you get to a position where you can't do it on your own, but a lot of times, and I don't... um I'm not saying this about you. I'm going to say this in general. Um, or for me, I do it. A lot of times um, when we try to do things and go it alone, we start to question ourselves and we start to doubt ourselves and we start to say, gosh, am I on the right track? Am I, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And we start, the, the spin cycle starts in our head. And sometimes things that we can handle on ourselves, um, we still need other people to come alongside us to put truth into us. No, I do believe in you. I do believe, you know, maybe this could be tweaked, but but I do think that you're on the right track, and I support you. And and I, um, I've tried to to really. Um, I was not very nice to my husband in the early years. I said a lot of mean things to him, which I've apologized profusely for. But um, in our later years, you know, I've tried to say to him a lot. You know, I appreciate you. I believe in you. Um, I I. You know, I, I trust you. Like, we need words of affirmation. We just need to know that the, the what it is that we're doing is making a difference and that we're being appreciated. And um, so let me just say how much I appreciate well, all of your work on the Two Steps Ahead podcast. You're doing such a good job. Well, the other thing, too, is sometimes when we, when we talk with other people, it's not as bad as we think. Exactly. You know, that's the other thing. Exactly. Oh, you're going through that, too? Oh, you're feeling kind of in the, like you said, the gray skies. Exactly. We're all going through that, probably. Um, oh, you're feeling gloomy? Oh, yeah, I am too. Okay, I'm normal, you know, because we're all going through that. Exactly. So that's another thing it why It normalizes what yeah. we're feeling. It normalizes, you know, everything that we're going through, and because we're not alone. The gray, gloomy skies. It's been like, where's the sun so at? So gloomy. And then it just kind of, and then with the lockdown and everything. Exactly. But, yeah, so, again, you know, just by sharing those, you know, those talking with somebody or sharing those things, you realize, okay, other people are going through this. It's normal. Mm-hmm. We'll get through this eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to worry about. Or it could be, well, I'm the only one experienced this. Maybe then I need to rethink this. Yes, exactly. But um, with a safe person. Yes, but but that's the thing. Um, and so whether or not this helps, we have the um, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The number is eight hundred. Two seven three eight two five five. Just want to make sure we get that out there, so that way, if somebody is happening to be listening or knows of somebody, and you need any sort, any you know, any type of research, this might be or a resource. This might be the best place to start. National Suicide Prevention. Um, it's an eight hundred number eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. You can Google it, or um, if you're in the Southern California area, maybe you want to go to hillsidewellnesscenter.org and um, and see about them having uh, help you know with somebody. And even if you're just inquiring, inquiring, 
you know, we talk about my uh, perfection, my pursuit for my obsession for yes. perfection, stumbling over myself, driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> it's okay. But um, we're not judging. But if you need just to inquire <laughs> about something for somebody else, whatever, that might be a good resource too locally. So a couple of resources that you might want to uh, check out or if you know somebody else. The other thing too, you know, we also often sometimes dismiss um, – and I only got a little bit of time here, but but religion, you know, there's a lot of times where if you just go talk to somebody, maybe a religious figure or maybe, um, you know, somebody in the community, you know, sometimes a coach or sometimes even like a trusted faculty, you know, teacher or whatever. It doesn't always have to be somebody. Sometimes just talking to somebody mm-hmm. who has life experience might be even a way to kind of help you out, too. So, um, again, and there's also a website. Michael Phelps um, has a website, too, about with for its online um Therapy, so you can actually go online um, and FaceTime and do talk to a real certified counselor um, and get counseling and therapy that way too. Yeah, so there is there is a lot, and a lot of it is, and of course, all of it is um, anonymous. So you know, you got your privacy, but um, but so if you're feeling something, um, you know, you can always reach out to us. Like I said, we might not have the words to say, but we'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll walk alongside with you. We'll help mm-hmm. you find places, find people to mm-hmm. to Absolutely. help you. So if anything, if you just need someone to say, hey, uh, I need someone by my side, you know, you can reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Two Steps Ed Podcast T W O Two Steps Ed Podcast. Uh, you can DM us there. Um, you can also um, send us an email at Two Steps Ed Podcast at Gmail. We don't give that out a lot, but, you know, two steps at podcast at Gmail is our email site. Me personally, you can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. Um, you can DM me there as well. Also, if you're just interested in, you know, knowing more about the show, you can go to the links in the bio and you click the link in the bio of Instagram, either mine or two steps ahead podcast. And it brings up kind of a laundry list or a table of contents of other sites that you can click on. You can go there and, uh, and find us on different platforms like YouTube or like Spotify, Pandora, whatever your, you know, Apple podcast, iHeartMedia podcast, whatever your favorite platform is. And you can listen to our shows there. Um, if you want to. Get some merchandise because you love the show. You can always go to our swag shop and get something there. Um, so we put that out there for resources because we want you guys to be a part of our lives just as much as hopefully we're a part of yours. But again, more importantly, if you just need somebody, you don't know what to do, you don't know anybody, you don't have anybody, and you need to uh, reach out to somebody and just say, hey, um, I need help. I need something. I need to talk. I need, what do you think of this? You know, um, Send us a message. You know, you can reach out to us again at Two Steps Head Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, or at Edom Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S. And for Tara, um, a little bit more, uh, you got a few more resources that people can reach out to you at. Yes, I am on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram is at Tara Hoke Shiro, T A R A H O K E S C H I R O. You can uh, contact me there if you'd like. There's also a link in my bio there that'll take you to my website. I have a blog. I have the um, podcast video library where all of our shows are contained there. And um, also the swag shop is there as well. And so, um, and I also want to mention that if you have a member in your family that is dealing with mental illness, NAMI is a really great organization, very helpful. Um, I've been through a couple of their classes and um, it was very eye-opening and very helpful. They also have support groups, um, local chapters that you can go to. So if the person that is struggling with any type of a mental illness, they have support groups for them. Or if you are a 
parent or a relative of someone who is struggling with mental illness, there are support groups for you as well. And NAMI is N-A-M-I. N is in Nancy, A is in Apple, M is in Mary, I is in Igloo, NAMI.org. So um, you can go there and get a ton of information, sign up for one of their classes. Um, we really, really enjoyed the class that we went through. It was very informative. So, And you will also connect with other people that were, are dealing with the same thing. And again, if you would like to reach out to me, I'm, sur- I'm not an expert, but I do have life experience. And I do live with, um, my son does have um, mental illness. He suffers from depression and anxiety. And um, so I do have some experience um, with that as well. So if you are a mom and want to reach out to me, please feel free. Yeah, and follow her blog. A lot of interesting things going down over the last uh, <laughs> few weeks. And so uh, yes. you can find out more about what makes her tick and be more part of uh, and find out more about her and some of the stuff. Because the stuff she posts is a little different than what we talk about here. So um, again, a more controversial. Yeah, you'll find out more <laughs> info and, and some good stuff there. So follow her blog. Also, one other thing you can... Um, if you go to RadioWarp.com, you can listen to the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. It's a live streaming radio station, and then there's music and other things. Other people's podcasts are there as well uh, throughout the week, 24-7. But RadioWarp.com is the website. You just click the Listen Live, and you can hear us there. And then also you can download the app. Go to your uh, app store, uh, Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, Radio Warp app. Just search that and download it and take us with you on the go. So with that, we'd like to thank you for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Remember, juju happens. Be kind. Don't be an a-hole. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.